We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Hammond, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me today, Brendan Nunez from the Kings Pulse Podcast. Brendan, how are you? Wearing your red A's hat. Does it make any sense? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I was just telling you guys, I have fully committed to not caring what baseball hat I wear, except for the Dodgers, just out of principle. So I'm it's ridiculous. I, I wanted to get more hats, and I like baseball hats, and I don't watch baseball. I haven't watched a full baseball game in years including but world you, series but you realize their colors aren't red right it's yeah like not even not even like a city edition jersey or anything like I don't that even i know what's happening yeah this is ridiculous like even if you don't care about like we should care about the continuity i would hope like the cut co- no i don't really care about the color waves <laughs> it's fine ridiculous all right and of course fox 40 sean cunningham is joining us sean how are you oh i'm fine don't have anything uh, all that unusual like Brendan with a red A's hat, but uh, I do have a giant shirt on. How about that? See, oh, look at that! Baseball theme going. So, all right. Yes, yes, yes. Looking forward. This is a monster of a busy look. I always say, no one feels sorry for us because you know yeah. we get paid to cover games and things like that. But um, uh, this is the world's tiniest violin right now because this week with the holidays, this one's gonna be a beast man so i uh kings have like what is it four home games in six nights seven nights something, something like, that. like that yeah, yeah man. this is a this is a, this is a beast this stretch is 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 tough it's tough <laughs> i feel like having a radio show at the same time and like having to get up the next morning after some of these games is is not at all simple can uh, can i start this real quick by presenting sean his birthday slash christmas gift 
We'll see, reveal I'll it here, but gift. I'll give it to yeah, him. Yeah, let's see. What do you got? Sean's birthday tomorrow, so everybody knows. Uh, Tuesday today, Wednesday tomorrow, Sean's birthday. And, and Deer and Fox's birthday. And Deer and Fox's birthday. And at Shoot Around yesterday, I think the first like two minutes of the conversation was about sharing a birthday um, <laughs> and having a birthday close to Christmas and some astrology mis- mixed in there. <laughs> Can I tell you why? Yeah. Because I say, so look, it was just Brendan and I, there was nobody else around. So uh, w- I had Fox pulled aside and, and I, I get these questions as someone who has a, you know, December birthday, a December 20th birthday. So I figured I would ask him a lot of the questions that I've received from people throughout my existence where they're like, oh, I must suck to have a birthday. We're so close to Christmas. I know he loves Christmas. Like Christmas is his like most favorite holiday he gets super super into it um so yeah i wanted i I wanted to see if he would have a lot of the same uh answers as i have when it comes to the december 20th birthday which is uh that no it's not terrible to have a birthday close to christmas it actually kind of feels festive uh it sometimes i I did want to see if he had the moment where a lot of friends and family are kind of away during uh that that's usually one of the toughest parts about having a december birthday but um he mentioned that, like you know his birthday is really not all that special to him they don't really do much maybe just go out and get get a bite to eat so then i brought in the astrology because if you're december 20th and i'm not into this kind of stuff so i don't know what it means but people always say it's special to be on the cusp of capricorn a sagittarius on the cusp of capricorn i'm sure the youtube comments will be all about it they'll tell us uh everything we need to know about how special somebody in the Sagittarius cusp of Capricorn is so I figured I'd throw those questions to him I never had done it before and he played along pretty well <laughs> Sean's like I don't know what it means I just know I'm special I don't know I don't yeah. even know what Sean is talking about this is all <laughs> this is all batshit crazy Sean all yeah, of it I know okay so it. my gift real quick right thank you what Let's else hear. could I do aside from a candle right oh okay but there's a theme here uh oh oh sassy the Scent is sassy. It is featuring a feisty blend of spice and back talk. (laughs) Saw it and just this is is perfect for Sean. It's perfect for Sean. So podcast candle. I will bring it to you at the game tomorrow. Shoot around, whatever. All right. Thank you, buddy. I love that. That's fantastic. I love it too. I think that's that's very special of you, Brendan. That's great. That's great. Uh, all right, we got to get to this show. What, what's going on, everybody? Uh, if you're watching here on YouTube, we ask that you uh, please subscribe to the channel, but also give us a thumbs up. Um, that helps things like the algorithm. If you're listening somewhere else, then jump on board and, and give us a rating and review. Uh, we will have uh, just like the world has been crazy for for James and Sean and Brendan. Uh, we will have a off the record with the Kings beat, either virtual or real happy hour in the near, near future. Um, we got a lot to talk about, though. Uh, I want to get something out of the way right now, and then I don't want to talk about it ever again. Is that OK, guys? Like, yeah, I don't I don't ever want to talk about it. I, I don't want to hear Chance Comanche's name ever again. Um, the The latest revelations from. Uh, this situation are some of the most horrific and ridiculous and pathetic. And um, there is a fiery place in hell for people like Chance Comanche and his girlfriend or whatever alleged, whatever she is Uh, like he admitted to some stuff here. 
that is just so incredibly heinous. Uh, that dude needs to go to prison for the rest of his life and uh, they need to lock him up and throw away the key. Um, I assume that somewhere along the way, the death penalty was taken off the table here. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, you can dig into the Chance Comanche story on your own time. Um, but uh, he and his girlfriend or whatever they are uh, decided to kill another woman. They almost paid for someone else to kill her. But then instead, Chance and his girlfriend killed her. Uh, they dumped her in a ditch. They covered her body with rocks. They smashed her cell phone. Uh, he's admitted to all of this stuff, according to uh, the report I read last night. And uh, this is a player who played on Tuesday, last Tuesday, a week ago, for the Stockton Kings. He was actually picked up by the FBI at the, the Stockton Kings practice facility on Friday and placed under arrest. Uh, do you guys have anything you guys want to add to this really quickly outside of like RIP uh, thoughts and prayers to the victim's family here? This is horrendous, especially right at the holidays. No, I mean, that's really all I got. It's disgusting. Um, I get the chills reading the details or just even thinking about it again. And yeah, just to echo what you said at the end, um, wishing the best to Morena Rogers family um, and yeah, rest in peace and, you know, holidays coming up and everything like just keeping them in, in thoughts and prayers and wishing the best, but just disgusting everything that happened really. Yeah. I mean, just a bunch of lives thrown away um, altogether. It's an, it's an awful situation and it, it's uh, not to be on a downer, but my goodness to, 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 to read a lot of these things is uh, like something out of a Netflix you know, crime drama thing. And to know that that's real life is, uh, just horrific. So, um, shocking. I'm, I'm glad I'm, I didn't know we were going to touch on it. I wish we hadn't, um, but would much rather move on immediately. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. Uh, we've got basketball to cover. Uh, again, uh, if you guys want to read the details, you can find them out there, but shocking, stunning that the Stockton Kings had someone who would commit such a crime on their roster up until this week, uh, this last week. So uh, what we do have to talk about is a lot of, I think, pretty solid basketball, some revelation basketball, some like, hmm, I didn't see that coming basketball. Um, Sacramento Kings uh, are, what, 16 and nine. They're seven games over 500. They're a full month ahead of where they were last year, which I think is pretty uh, pretty crazy. They didn't get to seven games over 500 until I think January 17th last year. Um, just like the state of where they are right now. Um, I guess the biggest thing that we need to talk about something that happened on Saturday or a couple of days away, but I, I think it might be like the most earth shattering thing that we've seen the development of the Sacramento Kings. And that is Keegan Murray going for 47. Uh, just where are you guys at? Uh, we'll start with you, Sean. Um, we got to see something special on Saturday. Uh, a player go for 26 points in one quarter, 47 points overall. But like, how surprised were you to see something like this happen? Yeah, very surprised. I mean, we saw, you know, that's the thing we love about sports. That's why it's the best reality TV. You never know what you're going to see at a ballpark, an arena, football stadium. Um, it, it, it's, it's, incredible to know that you can walk into one of these venues and see something you've never seen before and him 
going off for 11 straight threes and being 12 of 13, 11 of 12 at one point, just absolutely incredible. No one has ever done that. And then do you look at it and you go, my goodness, um, 26 points in one quarter. What clay had 30, 37, I think 37 that one quarter. Yeah. It makes me even scratch my head even crazier to, to realize that that happened. But uh, you know, it, it, I, I shocking. I don't know what's the, the, the three point shooting was certainly shocking. I don't know that it was, all that shocking that he ended up with a career high 47 points um, because they have such grand hopes for, for Keegan Murray. I think what's shocking about it in terms of the scoring was the fact that he hasn't really, you know, jettisoned out to these scoring numbers that he, that he had uh, last year. He's been dealing with a back thing. Uh, he's been dealing with learning to play defense, but Certainly, it was a very, very special moment. Uh, I love the way his teammates around him uh, not only, you know, encourage him and, and were feeding him the hot hand and 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 totally getting wrapped up in the moment, but much like everybody else, they're amused by how, like, just like we are at, at his demeanor, at his 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 quiet confidence, his the shit talk that he has with some of his teammates that's so dry, and and uh, they always try to pry some joy out of him and. Uh, he can go out, score forty-seven, barely smile, <laughs> and still have a have a phenomenal uh, feeling. And and you know you get people who you know will compare him to Kawhi Leonard um, and and his his demeanor uh, and just all that. But but I didn't even think sure if you had to pick one, sure that'd probably be the closest thing to, to that would resemble Keegan's uh, stature and demeanor. Maybe even his brother, I guess. Tim Duncan gets brought up, right? Yeah, Tim, yeah. That, that was the one that was the one for me last year, even in the summer that I would go to quite a lot because Timmy was very quiet and very stoic and all that stuff is expressionless unless a referee blew his whistle. <laughs> but um, I, I actually don't compare it really to any. I, it's like its own thing. Like it really is an individual uh, uh, thing that he has. And, it, and it's so funny. He has such a. Um, a good time with it. He's got a good sense of humor about it. And I love the competitive nature that he has with deer and Fox. I think it kind of helps fuel some of this and yeah, he can go out there and eclipse what deer and Fox's career high is, which is 44 points, but then Fox can turn around and say, well, I have more 40 point games. And then tell Brendan and I, when we bring it up to him, he says, well, I'm consistently great. (laughs) (laughs) So that like, even stuff like that, like even to serve a barb to, to Keegan Murray to the, through the media was, was fun. So uh, yeah, I love that. Brendan? The efficiency is ridiculous. Like, to make 11 threes in a row, what in the world? Like, did you guys even notice it was, like, that many in a row? Like, I, it caught me off guard at a certain point. And the second quarter, end of the second, he he did really well. And then, obviously, that carried over into the third quarter. 11 straight is ridiculous. And to go 12 of 15, he was originally 11 of 12. That's everything, and his willingness to get those shots up, I think, is a big part of this for me. It ties his season high at Iowa or his career high at Iowa in field goal attempts. Like he doesn't, mm. Keegan doesn't get that many shots up. You know, I think part of my question about his ceiling is: is he going to be willing to go and take those tough shots consistently, and obviously knock them down? But he's getting them up, and. Obviously, when you're on a heater like that, it's probably a little bit easier to justify it and feel it coming off your hand. But I I liked the aggressiveness from him. I thought it carried over a little bit into that Washington game as well, just in terms of shot attempts. And 
even to hear him post game be like, you know, this does a lot for my confidence of how good I can be offensively in this league. And I, I think that's huge. But uh, Frankie Cardicelli, my guy, put out uh, that Keegan's the seventh guy in NBA history to make 12 plus 12 plus threes in a game. You got Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard. Clay did it three times, by the way. Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Curry did it twice. Kobe Bryant did it once, which was surprising to me. And then Danielle Marshall's on this list. Do I need some education, guys? What's what's with Danielle Marshall on this list? (laughs) No, because my thought is that everybody on this list, like (laughs) I I can't help but be like, wow, this is a great game, but it's one game, but it's not like this is a historic game. So how do you contextualize like what this means about the player that Keegan Murray is? Because of what I just said, it's one game, but obviously it's historic. I, I'm going to take that because I, I think that's where the, the discussion has to go. So, um, uh, like, Sean and I have always been sort of on different paths when it comes to who the best Toronto Raptor would be for the Sacramento Kings, right? But he's always been a Pascal Siakam guy, and I've always been an OG and an Obi guy. Over the last couple of weeks, I had started to shift where I'm like, no, it's got to be Siakam because for for the reason that the Kings need a top tier score, they they need if Sabonis is your number two scorer, I think you're you're slightly limited in what your ceiling is as a team. If Sabonis is your third scorer, but then he does all of these other things, then I think you're like really really incredible, right? All of a sudden, Keegan Murray goes from thirteen point eight to 15.5 to 16 points in three in two games like he took his his three-point percentage coming into saturday was 30.4 by the end of the game it was 35.7 and now it's 36.7 he's been able to raise his three-point percentage 20 something games into a season by six percentage points in two games that is wild and i would now shift back to the OG Ananobi camp, because if Keegan Murray can be that guy, I don't want to limit who he can be by bringing in a guy like Pascal Siakam. I want him to be the second leading scorer on this group and a guy like OG Ananobi who can come in and be a really good scorer, but a great defender to go alongside Keegan Murray as like the, the formula that that's just my opinion. And so Brennan, the last two games, the question like you asked, it it changed just about everything for me because if that's his ceiling and if that's why the Kings keep talking about him in this light, now we see it. It's like, holy cow, he does have a different type of potential. And I would add this, like Harrison Barnes has been in the league like 12 years. His career high is 36. Uh, Kevin Herter has been in the league for six years. His career high is 30. To see a player go out there in his second year and drop 47 and not have it be like a total accident and then back it up with 25, that shows me that, okay, this is a 20-point-per-game score like for his career. In Am the I, eight games since coming yeah. back from his back injury, 20 points, 4.9 boards in there, 53% from the field, 50% from three on 6.6 a game. Like the Chris Middleton comp that, ever, that everybody like seemed to – mentioned when he first got drafted and Keegan mentioned it himself starts to feel more realistic. It does. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, can I also point out something too? Um, that game I'm expecting so weird. it's it's one game. That's what I'm expecting. No, from no, 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 no. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, it, what was really weird about that game, in addition to that, was hey, Utah Jazz, th- th- he is so far wide open. What are you doing? Yes. Yes. Do you not recognize he had five of six in the first quarter? Do you not recognize that that trickled into the second quarter and he still was putting up shots? You're at halftime, you're making adjustments, and he goes off in the third quarter when you're just leaving him on this island, like the switch, he's just completely wide open. I mean, again, granted, he took his again. the 11th three, he was deep, so I'll give him credit for that. And then they finally, it didn't come until, at least that I noticed, it didn't come until, I believe, the fourth quarter, right about the 11-minute mark, where I saw finally, hey, there's a double team. Like, whatever zone they were using was flat-out terrible. Yes. Um, now, granted, the Jazz are awful. I mean, they are just they are trash. And we saw a really equally, actually a worse, we saw an absolutely worse team uh, last night with Washington. Absolutely disgusting team. Horrible. But they they put up more of a fight, I felt, than the Utah Jazz. And again, here's where I'll say, yeah, one game. But how do you not adjust? How do you not recognize that this dude's got a hot hand and go at him? I mean, that is crazy to me that they allowed him to be so far wide open to destroy them it was just insane to me almost single-handedly just wipe them off the face of the earth you're like what is what is happening uh, but I, I mean like but oh, Sean, what does it mean what does it mean for your long-term prognosis of the kings and him if you know again that's what we just saw yeah i mean look it doesn't change much and the reason i say that is because that's what they'll tell you the kings will tell you that i mean everyone i've talked to it's like you see a performance like this does it change the calculus and how you look at Keegan Murray? It's like, no, because that's what they want him to be. Not necessarily putting up 47 points, something more on the line of what you saw last night, a 25 mm-hmm. point scoring effort um, f- fitting in with the three headed quote unquote, three headed monster um, where it's a Sabonis Fox. I mean, you've got two dudes that ended up with, you know, the Fox did get 30 Sabonis. It was just shy of that with a triple double. I mean, everything went right now, granted you're playing, you're beating up a team with four wins. So let's 
keep the proper context. But like if he can be that guy and if it's accelerated, even if it doesn't come like you're just seeing glimpses of it this year and he can be a 20 point scorer as well as a defender um, or as well as at least a rebounder or something else that he adds to his game. That's very impactful with, with the Sacramento Kings by week, by year three or four, like, yeah, you're playing. That's phenomenal. This is why they're not shopping him. This is why people deem him untradeable with, you know, proper context again in mind that, you know, everyone's untradeable until they're not, but nobody, they're not picking up the phone saying, Hey, we've got a Keegan Murray special going on. Come get him. Definitely not. Now, obviously people are going to want Keegan Murray, you know, but of course he factors into your long-term plans. This is why he fat. One of the reasons why he factors in the long-term plans, having a, a, a forward of that size who can stretch the floor the way he does, hopefully add some quickness and some handle to him. Uh, would like there's still places he has to evolve but this this really aside from just a historic night and him hitting 11 threes and yes going for a career high I mean that's all great but this is kind of what Keegan Murray does he just took the opportunity to take what was it 23 shots Brendan I mean he he was aggressive he took what the defense gave him and guess what the defense gave him everything I totally agree like I I think that this is one of those moments where like a player just stands out and, and you from, and, and it changes what you believe who he is and what he can be and all that stuff. I, I think again, um, I think I tweeted out a star is born and I, I reported on Saturday from what I've been, I've been hearing there's the Kings haven't had any discussions regarding Kigamer. He is not part of any trade discussion. They don't intend to move him at all. Um, and, and what Sean says, like un, until they do, I mean, it really does mean like if if the Milwaukee Bucks call and say, hey, we'll give you Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're like, okay, Giga Murray, you know, sorry, we, we have to have you pack your bags. But I think what this does is it puts him at a different tier where you're not going to involve him in so many transactions that could possibly happen. It, like Pascal Siakam and, and OG Ananobi on, you know, expiring deals, that's not even close to cutting it for a player like uh, Keegan Murray at this point in the King's mind. And so I think that's where this kind of changes the whole discussion. Um, Am I way off base there, Brennan? No, I just also want to point out that this sounds very similar to the Tyrese conversation. Of course it does. Like it. Yeah. He was playing amazing. He had 17 assists the game before he got traded. Right. And let's be honest. Tyrese Halliburton if you were to take either one right now, you'd take Tyrese. Like if you're just starting a brand new team, you want Tyrese Halliburton, you want taking Tyrese Halliburton. No, that's true. So, and Um, here's the other thing, James, like I'm, I don't, I don't mean to bash you uh, as a reporter, you know, doing your stuff. I will tell you this. I could have the owner, a GM of any team come up to me. And if they say, Hey, X player is untradeable. I will not report it. You know why? Because we see it as a kiss of death every single time. This person's not traded. And what happens? I hear you. you get traded. This coach is not getting fired. What happens? You get fired. That type of stuff is just conjecture. And again, they may really mean it. And in this case, I think that they do. I mean, look, in a perfect world, they don't want to trade Keegan Murray. Um, look, that's not to say that, that, that this is going to be a different case where they're going to, you know, go back and go on their word and trade him. I just, that's just my own strategy as a journalist if somebody tells me we're not doing this i'm gonna be like okay because i'm not doing that it happens far too often to where 
the other thing ends up being true. But no, I hear you. Uh, and, and that's where I'm like, hey, I'm not saying they're never going to trade him. But if he's not part of any discussion and, and like the teams are being told he's off the table right now, then for right now, he's off the table. Like whether that happens down the road or not, like who the hell knows? Like, I, I mean, we had the DeMarcus Cousins saying where literally everyone involved, including the Sacramento Kings, confirmed that he was getting his extension and then he was traded two weeks later. So during I the mean, All-Star game. Yeah, during the All-Star thing game. Like things change. Um, okay, let's hit this really quick. Um, number one, uh, we are sponsored by Price Picks. Uh, I have just been absolutely getting my ass kicked on every single time that I go out and play, but I'm having a great time with it. And uh, I know Brendan plays a little bit. Sean is still like, no, I play through you guys in a way vicariously through us. Yeah. So I liked, I like that James swings for the fences and, and Brendan, we don't really get to talk about your picks too much, but uh, I would imagine they're a little bit more uh, conservative. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm gone away from Kings games, obviously, but there you go. I don't know. I'm still like a, you know, let's put six picks in here because why not? (laughs) Are you you not gonna lie? Swing for the fences. Are are you a casual four to six? You know, (laughs) I feel like if you're gonna dip your toe into it, maybe you start. Let's pick four. Let's pick three. Let's see how this goes. Build up a little uh, momentum, and then you swing for the fence. You sound like you lack self confidence, Sean. Believe in oh, yourself. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Believe, Sean. Believe. Uh, yeah, like we're having a good time. I think more than anything else, it's just a way to add something different to your your game watching. And you know, if if you choose not to do DFS, uh, that that's totally fine. But um, I, I definitely, I mean, it, it's cool. You can win up to twenty five times your money. You can uh, you can look at football and mix and match with basketball or baseball. Um, and if you go to, uh, the, the link either in the description below or the link in the podcast or the link that I tweet out during games and you use the code, uh, Oh, I think the code is Kings beat. Um, but I'll get that. I'll make sure that I know the exact, the exact code. Uh, they'll match your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. So it's a good way to get in the door and try things out. And if you don't like it, uh, like, Hey, I, I fully understand. Uh, for me, it's just fun and adds another element. Um, talking about adding another element, uh, there's so much trade chatter right now. Is there anything right now that you, that's just jumping out at you guys that you think, Hey, that would make a lot of sense for the Sacramento Kings. Like I, I know Jake Fisher's story last week, um, talking Zach Levine would love to become a Sacramento King. Uh, that one doesn't make that much sense. OG Ananobi, uh, Pascal Siakam. Um, oh, Laurie Markkinen, who we got to see on Saturday. Is there anything that jumps out right now that you're like, hey, if I'm the Kings, that's where I'm chasing? No, I had to mute because as my heater kicked on, I forgot to turn it off. Um, no, I, I would say the Zach Levine thing is a, it, it puzzles me because I don't see how that really helps your team. And I think if you're doing that, um, it really takes away. Look, I like, to be honest, and I, I think those would disagree. There's such a thing as chemistry. And I think what Malik Monk offers the Sacramento Kings in terms of a playmaker, uh, somebody who tries to bring it 
on both ends of the floor, despite maybe some defensive, um, you know, shortcomings compared to what he brings on the offensive end. I mean, it really would signal kind of the end for him uh, in my mind. And I feel like a Malik Monk, uh, Malik Monk in the long term future with this team is is better than bringing on somebody like uh, Zach Levine, who is just terrible defensively. And they don't need like they need scoring help, as James kind of talked about. Like I do see a world where they need scoring help. They need a guy who can go get you a bucket and be a a, a sturdy wing player, in my opinion. But it, that's not the type of move that you go out and make. Why does it signal the end of Malik, though? I just because I feel like, look, I know Malik would continue to come off the bench, and to me, they're too they're too similar in the role that they might play. Uh, even though Malik ends up playing more of a backup point guard, I just feel the money would be harder for him to get. I don't see right. the two of them existing on the same roster in the way that they would. And and look, Zach Levine is a guy who puts up a lot of shots. He certainly gets to the free throw line, uh, but. I just don't feel like the way they play, it's designed for, for Zach. And, and in my mind, the, the, the best thing that they, I feel like there's so many moves out there that they could do. I'd rather, I mean, look, I know he was just in the building the other night, uh, last night, but Kyle Kuzma, you watch what he does and you could absolutely see that being um, something that the Kings, you know, it's funny because he was a free agent and all that, but watching him play, I was kind of like, yep. That he, you can see where he fits almost immediately with the Kings if he if he were to be traded. Yeah, I think financially, um, I, I get what you're saying with Levine for sure. I think offensively, he's a picture perfect fit though. I, I think that Levine could benefit from going to a spot where he his playmaking responsibilities are lessened, and obviously that could go fully to De'Aaron and Domas, and if Malik, if he was still around, and Levine could be an elite play finisher. Not to say that he can't ever get positions where he's able to create, um, but let him thrive as a finisher. And I think he'd be phenomenal in this Sacramento offense. Like I was trying to look at matching salaries yesterday and, you know, you could do Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell for Zach Levine. And I think I put in like um, something Terry, gosh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, a filler at the end on, on Chicago side as well. And obviously there'd be picks involved there as well. And say you're talking about Fox Monk, Levine, Sabonis, and Murray. Like, that's a really, really good lineup, but you're fully, fully committing to the offense. And this is what caught me off about Amick's piece. And there, there's a quote in here that says, it's worth highlighting that the Kings' current roster focus appears to be on the value of additional shooting and offense above all else. That really threw me through a loop, to be honest. Like, I, I know they've taken strides defensively this year. I still don't think they're anywhere near good enough defensively when it comes to, if you're talking about competing for or reaching to reaching and competing for a Western conference championship. And the offense I, I think is going to be better than what we've seen so far. Like, did that stand out to you guys? That, that, that was so weird to me. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think another part of Amick's piece is Siakam. The Kings value Siakam over, over Ananobi. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, I've heard the opposite. So I, I like it, it can just be like different sources uh, that have different ideas of what the Sacramento Kings are doing. Um, it, it's very possible that, that they chase a, an offensive weapon. And I, I think a little bit of that is because when you watch players like Kevin Herter and uh, Harrison Barnes just kind of disappear and, 
and really realistically it's they're not demanding that they get shots where a guy like zach uh levine walks in the building and like you're not stopping him from getting 15 shots a game he'll go take the ball out of bounds throw it off a defensive player and then go dribble it and shoot the ball himself if he has to he's not going to give up his shots i don't agree with the idea that he's a great fit though um and i agree with sean that if you're bringing in Zach Levine, that is the end of Malik Monk. And it's not because I think they play a similar role at all. It's that, that uh, Zach Levine makes like stupid money. He, he's at 40 million bucks this year, 43 next 46, a year after that and 49, the year after that. And at some point you're going to have to pay Keegan Murray. And at some point, De'Aaron Fox, who turned down a two-year contract extension, will accept the four-year contract extension, which will be like between 50 and 60 million a year. And so you can't just go out and load up on $40 million a year players or $50 million a year players and think that you're always going to have money to spend. You're going to run out of money. And that means that a guy like Malik Monk, who's more like, I mean, with the Kings, if he if they can retain retain him, is just under... 20 million a year on average over four years, you're not going to be able to afford him. And so I wouldn't give up the Herder Barnes, Davion Mitchell package for Levine. I mean, and that's not even talking about the fact that he blew out his knee early in his career. The fact that he doesn't play defense or that, um, you know, that he is a, a like bulk shooting guard. Um, they're just the money alone. I would much prefer to look for, a 30 to $40 million player than a 40 that goes almost to $50 million a year player. For yes. Sure. And yeah. And just to be clear, I only meant, I think it's a perfect fit offensively. It's a mess defensively. Oh yeah. It's a mess defensively. So, and I looked at his defensive metrics. They aren't as horrible as I thought they would be, but they're not good. Like, I do sure. also have faith in this coaching staff and team to get the best out of players for what it's worth. Yeah. I had this discussion with somebody and um, because I had said, Hey, look like defensively, he is so bad. And they're like, I don't think he's that bad defensively. Someone reached out to somebody like around the bulls and they're like, Oh my gosh, he is so bad defensively. No, it's terrible. And here's the thing. Alex Crusoe cleans up a lot of mess for, yeah. is this someone like Zach Levine? So if you put him on a team, like look, De'Aaron Fox is, is defending at a very, very high level. Okay? I totally agree. I, I think I can, I can envision team defense making Zach Levine look better, even on a team that isn't great defensively because of what De'Aaron Fox does. Uh, but you know, that to me, it's the wrong bull. Like, like Alex Crusoe is the one that would be much more valuable on the Sacramento Kings, but he's also valuable for the Chicago bulls. And, the Bulls would be insane to let him go because he makes literally next to nothing. Yeah, I would take him. Um, they have Tory Craig there too, right? I'd take Tory yeah. Craig. Yeah, like there, there's a. I would take Patrick Williams. There's a trade that I would work out with the Chicago Bulls, but like that's if you're just playing on the peripheral. Like I, I think Alex Caruso could be a, a player who really fit into your rotation and helped you, but he's not the difference between you winning you know, 51 games and 57 games. He's just, he's going to make you better in the playoffs for sure. But I, I don't know that he, he takes that huge leap that like makes you just like incredibly better. Um, where I do think that either OG and Anobi or Pascal Siakam does. What, where are you guys at with uh, marketing? 
I love Markkinen, but but I wouldn't give up five first round picks for him. No, mm. nobody nobody would, right? Like, well, five? I mean, he's that's basically that's basically what's being reported out there is that he's right. in the caliber of that. That's essentially what it would take to get him. And uh, as much as I think it would be nice to see him next to Sabonis, um, that's just not something I'd be interested in. I like the size that he brings. I think the Kings are pretty undersized. Um, and offensively, again, I think he's a good fit. And, and but defensively, all that's really helping there is the size and those those picks are are, are too much for me. I, I mean, same thing with the Levine conversation. Whatever guy you're picking, you're pretty much stuck at that point. If you're if we're talking about that, you're sending X amount of picks in this deal. Like you better feel really really good about that fit because you're not going to have that much wiggle room after the fact, dependent on how much you give up. Um, so. Marketing again, I, I, I could talk myself into, I guess, but I would certainly look in a different direction. Just, I just need a little more defense. Like I, I'm, I need a little more. Defense. I'm with you. And, and look, yeah. the notion that you add defense and you, you don't add offense is, is silly. I mean, let's use Ananobi for an example. Like the guy still, who does a guy who doesn't get as many, a whole lot of touches. He's still right around the 14 point mark. Uh, that's something that with more touches. I mean, that guy would uh, succeed in, especially with the equal opportunity offense that exists in Sacramento, uh, he'd, he'd get buckets. So um, it's very, you're very capable of adding a two-way player and it's exactly what you need. You need somebody who can make an impact on both ends of the floor. Yeah, that's where I'm at completely. And, and OG Ananobi is at 15 points per game, shooting 36.7, uh, 37.6 from three, 47% from two. Uh, he's not, I mean, he's in offensively, Outside of the fact that he can defend one through three, uh, one through five, yeah, he's going to say it's much more than that. Yeah, he's basically Harrison Barnes as an offensive player. He's very similar to Harrison Barnes. Like the assist numbers, the rebounding numbers, all of that stuff. It's just the fact that he can defend at an elite level and defend multiple positions is what makes him different. And I would even say, like, look, if if the Kings are are really going to get into that sweepstakes, I would put the the chance of them moving Kevin Herter higher than it would be moving Harrison Barnes because Kevin Herter is much younger and might fit what, what they're doing right now. Because I don't think, I don't think Toronto intends to just be horrible. They just know they need to take a step back to take a step forward and they can't keep losing players who go into free agency and walk away for nothing. Uh, like Fred Van Vliet did last year. And you, you're probably losing, uh, one or both of Siakam and uh, and Ananobi this offseason. Um, to me, he's a better fit. And and again, with Murray stepping up and becoming something different, that really does like having two switchable forwards. I also could see a lineup where um, like OG Ananobi starts at the shooting guard next to De'Aaron Fox at six seven, which is the same exact height that Kevin Herter is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, like again, what's going to happen there? Uh, but I do think that the Kings are big game hunting and I don't think that they're messing around. And again, if you can get Laurie market in, that's fine. I mean, he's under contract at like 17.7 this year and like 18.5 next year. So the, the tricky thing about him and Ananobi is that you don't have to switch out multiple pieces or like you don't have to gut your rotation to go get them, right? You can go get them for one rotational piece and swap him in for another rotational piece as opposed to a guy like Zach Levine or even uh, Pascal Siakam. Siakam, you might be able to get away with like, 
like a Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, Chris Duarte package, something like that. And then again, a whole bunch of picks and other things. But these other guys, they make, you know, right around 18, $19 million a year, which makes them very easy to swap out players for. Uh, and then it just comes down to draft compensation and whether you have enough uh, that's appealing. And then again, with marketing, um, I'm not giving up five first round picks for anybody at all, but if it were three first round picks, I'd consider it for a 26 year old, seven foot tall dude who can rebound and score at will and shoot from the outside. And, and realistically on the offensive end fits perfectly alongside Sabonis and Keegan Murray. I just don't know that anyone has given up that kind of capital, even the pick swaps and everything else. Um, uh, I also would add um, that Ananobi, a, because of his uh, pending free agency, this is something I, I would bring up that a lot of people are like, well, if a team like Oklahoma wants Ananobi, they can go get Ananobi. And it's like, well, they can rent Ananobi, but that doesn't mean that he will sign there. You don't know if he will or not, but because he's at the end of a contract, he has a one year, he has a player option for next year, but it's at like 19.9 million bucks. There's no way he's, he's accepting it. Um, he can kind of say yes and no to whatever team that the Raptors might want to trade him to because that becomes like, will you negotiate a contract extension or not? And if he won't negotiate, his value drops a lot to go to an Oklahoma City or if, say, he doesn't want to go to Indiana and he said, I, I'll, I would go to Sacramento, but I won't go to these other places. I don't know if that's the case. Um, I know we've heard reporting that OG would not uh, does not like the idea of going to Sacramento, but I haven't heard that at all. No. Yeah, I haven't heard that at all from uh, around the circles that I've checked in with. And what yeah. I do here, he's pretty relaxed and chill. And chances are, if he went to the right spot, he would go. Uh, yeah, if anything, whispers of the opposite, like that, you know, there's I, there's a clutch connection in Sacramento now. And De'Aaron is one of the bigger clients. And I think that there's a thought that OG maybe hasn't gotten the opportunity to spread his wings in the way that he would want in Toronto. And that maybe coming over to Sacramento and being that piece that helps elevate this team to another level could be a big change in the trajectory of his career. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, was there any other takeaways from the last couple of games that you guys want to point to? Uh, well, I mean, this is a stretch where it's going to get really interesting and I, you could argue that the Kings are playing some of their best ball at times. Um, I would also caution that you won five of six, but you know, really the best win was the, was the Phoenix game. You lost to the Clippers in that game and you had the Phoenix suns game, which nobody really played. So you've kind of feasted on some opportunities in, uh, but it, I, I think you have a moment here with the Celtics on the horizon. You get the, the suns again, obviously Bradley Beal won't play in that game. He's hurt. And then you have uh, the first place Timberwolves who are going to be really pissed off at what, you know, you did, you know, taking their first loss on their home floor just uh, a couple weeks back. So uh, to me, this is going to be a real true test for the Kings. Uh, these next three games to kind of be a barometer uh, week, if you will, to to see how they close out the homestand. See if you can at least get three uh, before you go out on the road and, and, and really set yourself up pretty well for, um, what's to come in the coming weeks because you know uh, i think they've they've been able to 
have their ups and downs. You've seen what they've looked like when they're bad. You've seen what they look like when they're obviously running on all cylinders. Um, you obviously had Fox miss a game recently uh, and come back and look like he hadn't missed a beat. So there's uh, there, there's things that they've dealt with. Uh, obviously, we talked about Keegan, but I, I, I like where they are. I mean, despite some of the, 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 the kind of the table I set here, I kind of like where they are to come into this game. And I, I think most of the focus coming in on Wednesday's game against the Celtics is going to be uh, really, really a fun game to watch. And, and hopefully the Kings bring it because, you know, you're, you're going up against really two first place teams right now in, in each conference. And this, to me, it doesn't get any better than that. You've got an opportunity, even though they don't play on Christmas day, you've got an opportunity to have that Christmas day kind of feel for two of the, two of these games. And uh, I, I really want to see how the team responds because um Again, they're playing really good ball despite some of the shortcomings of other teams and who's available and all that. You can't control that. You just play the game. So um, I think this is a good stretch for them. Brendan? He's on mute. Oh, whoops. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be pretty telling. I Like Phoenix is mixed in there as well, which I think is a good competition for Sacramento. Um, that Wizards game was really gross, guys, like from the Kings perspective too. Like, I know Washington sucks, but you gave up 131 to the Wizards. And I know it was 40 in the fourth quarter in those final garbage minutes. Those guys played really bad. And Mike Brown talked about it definitely post game, talking about how Keon Ellis won his spot in the rotation playing garbage minutes in Houston. And these guys didn't go out there and take advantage of that. Actually, they did the opposite. Um, but you need to take advantage of their stretch. Just the one other thing I'll point out is that Sacramento's All Stars are kicking ass this year. De'Aaron Fox is playing out of his mind. The three-point shot is real, and he's extremely confident. Anybody goes under a screen, he's pulling it. If you go over, it's you know you're asking to just totally get ran downhill by De'Aaron Fox, who's an elite finisher, one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest, with the ball in his hand. And Demonis Sabonis just casually, you know, 19, 12, 7, every single night, just casually, you know, running the whole show. That Keegan Murray game, Sean, you, you talked about Utah zone, which – I agree with you. It was the most like baffling thing ever. I don't even understand how you let that happen. Um, but Kevin Herter shared post game that Demonis Sabonis was like demanding the ball in the middle of that zone to shrink it and then make plays from there. Like Domas does so many small unnoticed things that are just like nuanced details for this team to enable everybody else. So that their all stars are playing like it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I know Rose, uh De'Aaron Fox's wife, called it out last night, like, uh, on Twitter, like hopefully no one for like is ignoring what he's doing. Like what, what Demonis Sabonis is doing each and every night. It really is incredible. Like, I mean, last night he, he just posted his third triple double of the season. Um, he's up to, he's third in the league in double doubles at, I think 21, but he's like one behind AD and two behind, or maybe they're both now one behind, uh, Jokic, who didn't play last night. I By think. the way, if 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 he had if he gave a damn about recording triple doubles, said last night it was one he wanted, and he and I literally had that conversation coming out of the uh, the Utah win because it, we've had so many games where he's an assist or two shy, and and yeah, he's like ah, I don't really care, you know, blah blah blah. Then he comes into this one and says he wants to get it for his dad and his birthday. I mean, that's that's nice. That's 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 really cool. And you could see like he came in, he was he was trying to get it. he even. He even he, I actually he got a he got an assist to Kevin Herter that I was surprised. 
No, did we lose Sean? Sean's got great Wi-Fi today. Oh, he does. Look, he just got like in a. It's an, quite a face to stop. It on. is. It uh, is quite a, tough a face. one for Sean. Yeah, we'll see if he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean. Uh, we'll keep going because Sean has been frozen. So those of you who are not watching on YouTube, uh, there, oh, there he is. He's back. My bad. I, I, uh, we, I, had, I have James' internet today. You had, a, right. you had a tough face that you were frozen on there. <laughs> oh, no. Not a great oh, one. No. Not a great one. Someone may clip no, that. No. I, I don't know. That happens. Well, just to um, clean that up, like, yeah, if he wanted to go after triple, he should probably have like nine or ten triple doubles already this year. I, if he, I totally if he gave agree. him, and and he's always an assist or two shy, and it was cool to see him go out and actually get it. They actually gave him an assist on one that he gave to Kevin Herter that I didn't. He oh. got to the exact same point. Same oh, point. There we go. You're Maybe back. Mention, You're back. That was quick. The, the, the Kevin Herter uh, assist they gave him. But yeah, Herter had taken a few dribbles there and figured they weren't going to give him the assist. And and Domas went and spoke to him about it. You could tell he was like, no, 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 shoot that shit. Let's take that shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, look, I, I think this is good. We're getting to see the Kings, the, the Kings team over the last couple of games is a Kings team that we kind of expected. And they've got to figure out the back to back thing, which, again, is going to it's going to be loud and noisy on Saturday. Because uh, they play the Minnesota Timberwolves again, the number one team in the Western Conference, on the second night of a back-to-back after facing San, uh, Phoenix the night before, this is a big week. I, I I think you guys are right. Like this is a, a put up or shut up week. Um, I don't think they have to go three and zero, but uh, you're at home. I, I think a two and one stretch here would be really really big for your confidence moving forward. Then they have this weird ass road trip. I don't know if you if they play. Portland, they fly to Atlanta, and then they fly to Memphis and then come home. Um, and of course, they'll get to see Jaw, uh, who is back in action after missing 25 games. I think he comes back tonight. Um, he does. Yeah. He actually showed up to the team and got nothing but hugs and handshakes. They looked like they were welcoming a, uh, a hero, welcome back from a war kind of a thing. Well, um, they need help. They do. I mean, I, I understand it. I get it. Yeah, they need, they need all the help possible because they're terrible. They are terrible. Uh, six and nineteen with him out of action. Um, we also have a bunch of really bad teams in the league this year. You know, I thought last year the the like Victor Wim and Yama Chase would provide like for teams to just tank unmercifully, and man, the Pistons can't win at all. They've lost twenty three in a row. Twenty four now. 24 and what is san antonio at san antonio, san antonio uh only one just so won. i guess they won one yeah they're okay. four and 21 though four and 21 so what did they lose 19 or 20 in a row it was 18 i believe 18 i think i think that's oh. what it was either way they're horrible they're horrible <laughs> yeah uh, they won three of their first five and then okay. since have won one of well they lost 18 for at? sure uh one of 20 so I guess Oof. 19 or 18. The, yeah. The difference right now, it looks like, I mean, it's two games when you think about it, it's four games from the, from the 11 to six. But the interesting part is because they were so muddled up last year where everything was just right there for the taking uh, even, even early on, but the separation is already two games from 10 and 11 where Phoenix is at 10 at 14 and 12, and then golden state at 11 out of the playoff picture, out of the play in picture uh, at 12 and 14. And, um, they're going to be without Draymond Green for looks like 
weeks. Weeks? Uh, we'll weeks. see. I never buy that the NBA is going to actually hold on to that. Um, you know, they usually they usually move on pretty quickly. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay, let's finish with a real quick version of the business of basketball. Um, I, I think that there were two ways that the Kings could improve this year. Um, the first was on the defensive end where I think right now, what are they, 16th? uh 17th 16th i think they they were at 15th fell to 17th after that giving up 133 to washington yeah and that's why mike brown's pissed because the young guys that came in uh like screwed up his defensive rating which would have been much better um not really but uh but either way the other way that the kings can uh, i i think improve is on at home and all of a sudden this team is 10 and 3 at home uh just how impressed are you guys with the way that they've been able to sort of take advantage of the crazy home crowd and have some of like the biggest moments The we saw the 25 point, uh, the 25 made threes uh, last week. We saw another game where they made what 22. We saw the Keegan Murray game where they, uh, or he drops 47. Like it feels like the home court has all of a sudden become more of a home court for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I don't really know why, but it definitely does feel like it. Um, it. It helps when shots go down, obviously, and we know the environment in Golden One Center is is one of the best in the league. It was rated as such during that annual uh, survey at the beginning of the year as well. And you know, I, I think they feed off of it, and they definitely have a team that gives the crowd enough reasons and highlight plays and spark moments to really get engaged in the game. So I, it's great to see them really taking advantage of that. Um, on the flip side, the six and six on the road isn't exactly great. You know, those Houston losses mixed in there obviously stand out. No De'Aaron Fox. Um, but it, it's really good to see them take advantage of it, you know, outside of them. Um, actually, there's a lot of really interesting home and road splits around the league this year. You know, like Boston coming into town 14-0 at home. They're six and five on the road. Yeah, 500 on the road is, is a good record. In my in my opinion, I've always thought five hundred on the road is if you I'll take that every day. Yeah, I mean, you, you hope that they could be like three or four games over five hundred on the road, but you're not expecting a lot more than that. Even last year, what twenty five? That was impressive. What twenty five and sixteen? Uh, twenty. I mean, I mean, what Something is that? Like that you're right here. Uh, twenty three and eighteen at home. Twenty five and sixteen on the road. Okay, so 25, that's what, nine games over 500? Um, that's not bad. No, uh, I, I don't expect that again. I don't expect <laughs> no, that that's again. That's great. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's that's pretty phenomenal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that the home court advantage thing is something that we've, we're kind of waiting for because the crowd has been amazing. It's been sellouts almost every single night, even for, I think last night was a sellout, even though it was a, a bad bad Washington uh, Wizards team. Um, so yeah, uh, good to see, good to see them find success. And the, to me, like, again, if you can, you can get to 30 wins at home, then this team's got a shot for like 55. Uh, that, that's what realm you're in. Um, okay. Let's get to, uh, let's get to final thoughts. We, uh, we got to bust through this, this pod pretty quickly here. We got places to go, people to see. Uh, Sean, you got any final thoughts? No, just that uh, getting a year older is uh, 
is is always fun i guess another trip around uh, the sun as they call it or the moon is it the sun or the moon i think it's the sun i think it's the sun Sun? go around the sun i'm not good at the astrology guy no, no, not. <laughs> that's um, astronomy that's astronomy, no, it'll be, not astronomy. It'll be, ah, well you know <laughs> I, I i always love it when the kings play on my birthday like at a, like a home game even though it's still work and you're still going it just feels a little bit different um i got to i got to um go to a game a couple years ago on the road uh during my birthday and just not work at all and it was just kind of fun i had a friend who was a fan of the visiting team so i was like hey let's let's make this happen so uh that was a a fun experience um but yeah looking forward to um looking forward to that also looking forward i mean the holidays around around the corner i, I imagine we're gonna do a podcast before then we're gonna have the christmas holiday coming up but uh, it's always fun just over these past few weeks and obviously even when the kings aren't playing they're still doing stuff in the community and uh that's some of my favorite stuff to cover and there's quite a there's quite a few of them so uh you'll be seeing a lot of kings out and about the uh sacramento region yep Brennan, what do you got you in your red A's hat? Yeah, um, I'm excited for the Celtics to come into town. I swear the Kings always get absolutely destroyed by Boston. It feels maybe I pay a little more attention to the matchups, but they've had some horrible losses to the Celtics. Um, and I'm interested to see how it goes. You know, I think the theme with the Pelicans and and Clippers that gave them issues is when you have multiple wing forwards that are creators that Sacramento tends to struggle with those um, because after Keegan Murray, where are you going? Like, I guess there's Harrison Barnes, but when sometimes your help side defense is a Malik Monk or a Kevin Herter, it's not really slowing these guys down. So I'm interested to see how they deal with it. Um, and also keeping tracks on if uh, Porzingis plays tonight. Cause I think that um, I was talking to some of my buddies that cover the Celtics and their thought is that maybe Porzingis sits tonight and plays tomorrow. And Al Horford does not play back-to-backs for them. So Al Horford plays tonight and does not tomorrow. But TBD, we will see. Wow, they ran Al Horford the game before. See, that's the guy I would worry about defending Domas. Uh, they're a tough matchup. They are. I mean, that uh, Drew Holiday defending um, De'Aaron Fox is going to be tough. Uh, you talk about like Tatum. It's not just the long athletic guys. It's the long athletic physical dudes. And Tatum has turned into a long athletic physical dude on the offensive end. So I think they're going to be a little bit of a problem. But hey, look, if you want to be good at some point, uh, you got to beat teams like this, right? That's the way it goes. Uh, Final thoughts for James. Um, I'm going to look outside. Look out the window. It's rainy and weird. And now it's sunny. Uh, But yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. We're we're gonna try to squeeze in a pod before the the holidays, but if not, happy holidays to everyone out there. Uh, we appreciate all of the uh, the folks that listen to the, uh, to the Kings beat here, um, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening wherever you listen. Uh, so thanks for supporting us. Uh, it's been a fun uh, a fun stretch here of good Kings coverage, which Sean and I uh, had to deal with many years of not good Kings coverage. Sucks to suck, guys. Can't relate. It does. It does. Scrolls <laughs> uh, right at the end. Yeah, I thought he was pissed. Too bad. <laughs> Probably. I think he still is. Look at him. He's yeah. Swinging. There we go. There we go. <laughs> oh He's Jesus. Back. He's back. <laughs> Am I back? Yeah. You're back. I don't know. You guys aren't moving yet, so I hear you, but I, I'm not fully back. So no, you're you're good. Stupid, you're good buddy. Stupid internet stupid internet 
Um, hopefully I, I I'm back. Uh, but happy holidays to everybody out there. Uh, thanks for, for sticking with us here at the Kings beat, uh, for being supportive. Um, am I back? You're yep. back. Oh, now everyone's moving. Now Sean's not well now Sean's moving. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings beat podcast. Uh, we're good. Everyone all good. We're all good. Uh, all right. Uh, Sacramento Kings face Boston Celtics on Wednesday. We got Phoenix Suns on Friday, followed by the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday and then like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So uh, everybody enjoy the holidays. We'll see you very soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Kings Beat Podcast for Fox 40, Sean Cunningham and Brendan Nunes from the Kings Pulse Podcast. I'm James Hammond, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. See you soon. <laughs>